Hello, Pretty Posse. Hi, Pretty Posse. We're so excited to be interviewing Christy Lee Lashes today, yes. all the way from Illinois. Yay. Now, I have so many questions for you, Christy, because, you know, Alana's a military wife, you're a military wife. My husband has served in the Air Force for a hot second, but not long enough for us to have to like move around the country or anything. So, you know, I... I want to hear your story. I want to hear like how you came into the industry, how you came to lashes in the first place. What were you doing before? I'm oh here. my gosh. Um, hold on to your hats because it's a crazy story. So I've been married for 11 years. Husband's been in the military ever since we got married. Um, when we met, I was doing hair. I did hair on and off for 11 years, moving around, um, you do have to rebuild your clientele. It sucks. It's no fun. And I was like, we'll say barely average when it came to doing hair. I wasn't that great at all. I kind of was falling out of love with it. So I did a lot of other like part-time jobs. Um, I was a vet tech. I was a receptionist at several, you know, different companies from construction to remodeling companies. Um wow. Yeah, lots of different hats. I wore a management hat for quite a few years, um, but I still was doing hair and I got carpal tunnel. It's one of the crappy things that happened to a lot of stylists. And uh, yeah, um, and the, I tried to fight through it. The day that I realized I could not do hair anymore, I actually had to get another stylist to finish up my client that had a full head of highlights. Wow. Um, that was a very crappy day for me. So I called my clients that had appointments in the books and I said, Hey, I can't do hair anymore. I said, I physically just can't do it. Um, so I gave all my clients away and then I started off doing the management thing and uh, retail management, still in the beauty industry. Cause I wanted to scratch that itch, um, got kind of tired with that. But the one thing that got me hooked on lashes is there was a stylist that came into the store because I managed a retail store where um, licensed stylists and barbers come in to get their product. And um, she had some pretty crazy lashes on. And, you know, we all try to stay nice and, you know, be friendly. And I told her, I was like, oh my gosh, I love your lashes. Granted, they were like spider leggy. Oh my God like maybe six or eight of each eye and y'all I could see her lashes like I was behind the register and she came through the front door and I immediately saw them yes so you know I was being like she's like thanks girl my friend did them she only charged me 40 bucks after that I didn't hear anything why yes I was so focused on wanting to fix them I don't know why I wanted to fix them I just wanted to and I realized how tedious it was and that made me happy. Like just the thought of it just kind of thrilled me. It was really weird. So she went and grabbed her stuff. She came back up to the register. I was asking her more questions. Um, I messed up her sale twice because I was so focused on her lashes. Wow. Anyway, she left. As soon as she left, I got on my phone, started doing my research. Um, and gosh, I probably did about two weeks of research to figure out what all I had to do, what was required because Maryland did not require you to be a licensed cosmetologist or esthetician, um, which I didn't know that was a thing at the time. So did my research, went and got certified. Um, and I've kind of just been doing it ever since. And like lots of kind of stories in between from start to finish, but 
it took that one customer coming to the store that day with some crazy lashes and I was hooked. That's all it took. Yeah, I have to say that the tediousness of lashing is definitely what attracted me as well. Mm -hmm. I definitely had that compulsion, I guess, to like, get it done, get the perfect fan, get it on there, make it stay kind of a thing. So I hear you. Um, I also want to say, you know, of course, thank you for your service with your family. Aww, and your absolutely. And Alana, of course, to your family too. Yes. And, thank you. all. Well, yeah. How brave of you to recognize that your body couldn't handle hair anymore. And you were willing to step back and say, it's okay that I don't think I would be okay with that. I think I would be scared, you know, like, what am I going to do? I've bet my house on this. Right. So Mm -hmm. I want to acknowledge that bravery for you to, to be okay, you know, to, to say my body is worth more because I think a lot of artists go through that Mm -hmm. as, you know, long-term and, with working with hair or with lashes, your body starts to break down and, and some of them either can't step away or just don't want to face that. So I just, I can imagine that exactly the, the decision, the, the mindset that you had to be in, um, professionally, but also personally to come to that decision. I know that was not an easy day for you when it, I'm sure you thought of a thousand different scenarios. What if I, this, well, if I, cut my schedule if I cut my hours maybe if I only cut if I stop doing this I can only imagine that was not and how many stylists myself included I'll find myself cutting and I'll get a pain all the way down here and I'm like ooh, and I'll shake it out oh that's probably just normal and keep going this is not normal random cramp let's keep doing this (laughs) it's not normal so for you to see that um and acknowledge it, move forward. I'm sure that that was devastating, but liberating. Yeah. Devastating, but liberating. I imagine. Oh my gosh. Very. It's insane how those two go together. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And it takes the pressure off, I think, to to just pivot, to say, well, I can do other things. You know, I can go into management like you have. And then to experience a woman coming in with, the, I have seen so many sets like that, where like, it's, you know, the work is new from a newer artist or just it's, you know, and you don't want to be rude because they're excited right. about what they're wearing. <laughs> right. But it interests me that you could see that that wasn't what you would put on someone. Mm-hmm. having not done lashes at all. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's my OCD. Um, I guess my OCD <laughs> is what motivates me to do yeah. lashes. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you always know you were going to be in the beauty industry? Like, what was it, you know, what was it like for you growing up? Yeah, so, so um, yeah, what I, my dad has always, ever since we were little, he's owned his own businesses, Um, I went to college quite a few times and dropped out like all, I think like three or four. Um, I do remember my first time going to college, I told, I was going for business management and I told my parents, I was like, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I really want to do like hair because it just sounded great to me. And it's just something I really wanted to do. And, um, 
my mom was all for it. It took my dad a, a second because, you know, they've just of always course. had their own businesses. But um, yeah, I kind of knew I always wanted to do beauty. And then another thing that kind of side note is um, while I was in cosmetology school, I actually got into a pretty bad car accident and I had a, a really severe concussion. So my doctor kind of compared my memory to like a football player, which I felt really bad about. But so my memory is kind of shoddy. Wow. Um, but muscle memory is my jam. Like I love being hands-on. I'm not good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm good with numbers and doing paperwork and quotas and whatnot, but just muscle memory and being repetitive and just kind of, you get to the point where you're doing something. You don't even have to pay attention anymore. Yeah. Like I daydream so many times and like while I'm lashing and then the lashes turn out like to be the bomb. I'm like, right. yes. Don't <laughs> even- How do you find your carpal tunnel doing lashes versus doing hair? Um, much, much better. So it does act up. It's actually been giving me a hard time the past two weeks. Um, but I do have some like little massages and stuff that I do. I go and get like a full body massage and I kind of have that awkward moment. Like, Hey, I have carpal tunnel. Can you spend like 15 minutes on my right hand? (laughs) And they're like, absolutely. So I just make sure to take care of it. And if it does start to hurt, kind of just, I mean, I can't stop lashing in the middle of a client, but holding tweezers and then holding a round brush and going up and down with a blow dryer, it's, too different. it's completely different. So mm-hmm. it annoys me, but it's not painful. painful like it was doing hair. Makes sense. Or do you find that using a specific tweezer or specific brand or type of tweezer helps with carpal tunnel? Um, no, I haven't noticed. Um, and I've used quite a few different tweezers. Um, I just kind of found my favorite that had the best sweet spot, but, um, no, I usually, I, so I do a boot tweezer, which is my go-to for everything volume and classics. And I mean, I'm sure it works great for the carpal tunnel. I haven't really noticed. It's just, you know, yeah, thank you for answering that because I I think other artists would want to know, you know, who are experiencing mm-hmm. carpal tunnel if there is a but I if there is a better tweezer, but I also use boot the boot tweezer. Yeah. I really like it. It fans out nicely. It, so. Yeah, just personal preference. Like I haven't really noticed a difference on my hands. So when did you become a Borbaletta rep? Or oh ambassador? my goodness. Um I became a Borbaletta ambassador probably Oh, I might be coming up on two years now. Wow. How exciting. I know. I how freaking did that love all, it. How did back that all up. Happen? What is this that we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. So what kind of ambassador are you? And what is this? Borbaletta is a lash company that is pretty big, I think, in our industry. And they, they're very well-known and they've been around for a long time. So they will ask different lash artists to promote their products, to use their products as an ambassador. Do you, do you have that in here? Yes, absolutely. And you also, Alana, right? Aren't you like a Paul Mitchell? Um, I'm starting the process to become a Paul Mitchell educator, um, nice. but not a brand nice. ambassador. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah, so but not a brand ambassador. They do have similar programs um, all over though. I mean, with color, with products. Um, so I assume it's a very similar, they either give you a pretty hefty discount or send you whatever items for free. 
Um, I did just have a company email me and say, hey, we love your page. We want to send you some stuff so you can use it in your after photos. Yes. Get on down. Heck yeah. So it's similar to that than what, what you're ambassador for? Yes. Okay. Tell us about it. Sorry. If y'all hear a dog, that is my men pin. He's a pain in the butt. Don't worry. Mine is snoring. And I'm wondering if you can hear him. And that's what, so do you see me keep looking over? Like, that that's me. I'm like, I'm trying to make eye contact and glare at him, but he's just like, whatever, mom, you can't do anything about it. Um, so borderline ambassador, I, it's, it's one of those weird things. When I first got certified to do lashes, it was with another company and it was one where you take the education and then they just kind of leave you alone. You're have fun. Good luck. Um, we may or may not be here if you need us. Um, that's the experience that I had. So I was very passionate in looking for a lash family. I wanted that lash community. Um, and I wanted, I wanted that free education. Like I wanted to be able to go to a lash company's page and say, Hey, you know, try fanning like this, try lashing like this. Let's just any kind of information I could get. Um, cause I was not getting that from my other company. So I found that with Borboletta and, um, Funny enough, uh, Kimber James, she is the founder. She is freaking amazing. I actually started talking to her first um, before I really got involved because I just wanted to say, hey, you know what? I was missing everything from my lash life that I needed. And I said, I found that in Borboletta. And I just want you to know like how much it means to me that y'all are going out of your way and doing this for your artists. Like I was not even certified with them, but they wanted to help. They wanted to show me new things. They wanted to give me info and that I just fell in love with it. And I've been obsessed with them ever since their the culture, products the are family. Phenomenal. their family. Yeah. It's just, that's what I wanted. I wanted that lash family. And then everything else was just like perks, their products and stuff are great. I want to say that a lot of lash artists have that experience where they get certified or they want to start lashes. And so they get certified and they start their journey in lashes. And then they find that the foundation of support is just non-existent. Right. And so I'm hoping that there are a lot of lash artists in this, you know, listening to this podcast so that they can understand that maybe we need to shift towards more of what they do in hair, which is an apprenticeship mentorship program. And, you know, yes. Yes, I agree with that because you do need that foundation. And I say it all the time that you need to be able to have someone helping you through the process of learning the ins and outs of your craft. You just can't do that. Yes. The business side, everything. everything. And it's the same as beauty school. What, what happens, you know, even when you're doing your practical end of beauty school, uh, with your educators right there standing over you, watching you, helping you, guiding you. That's not real salon life. I right, have please. so many, I've, and even more recently, I had a gal that worked with me and, oh, we, we didn't do this in beauty school. Girl, beauty school is not real life. You have got to let that go. It's not, exactly. I don't care what they told you. You need to forget it. And here's what happens within these four walls. You know, it's just, it's not always practical. It's not always reasonable. Um, I know that hair is a lot more, and you know, Christy, that hair is a lot more fast paced than the last, but, but you can't always just take what you learned in beauty school or in your training or your certification course and it be enough. 
eight right. times out of 10, it's not. And if you don't have that continued education, that continued support, that's why so many people yes. dunk out They're Forget it. I can't do this. I don't have support. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm out. Girl, let me tell you, when I first got my cosmetology license, I went straight into working into a salon. Mm -hmm. There was a girl there that was still apprenticing. And I want to say in Georgia, it's close to like a year and a half to two years of apprenticing compared to like the uh, 11 months I had to go to cosmetology school. Okay, She was so far ahead of me because she apprenticed. I came straight out of cosmetology school, not knowing my not knowing a brush from a comb. Like it was insane. So I'm going to go ahead and elaborate on that for anyone who's listening, who's for anyone who's interested in beauty school and the beauty industry at all, for anyone listening who has just graduated, you don't know everything. And I say that so respectfully, you know, the very tip of the iceberg, you have no idea the mammoth iceberg that is to come Take the time, find someone who has been in the industry at least 10 years and who themselves continues their education, continues to better themselves, latch onto them, find out what they can do for you, find out where you can learn to continue your education and apprentice, apprentice, apprentice. If that means you have to hold foils and mix color, you should see, I can line up a foil with my eyes shut, but for a year and a half, I held foils for a chick. And let me tell you, my foils are beautiful. Yes, they are. And what you learn standing next to a paid professional who's been doing this for years is nothing like what you learned in beauty school. And you will go so much further. So, okay. That's my jam. Sorry. Keep going. I I had to tell that because so many people, Oh, why? I would never be an assistant. I'm mm-mm. no, I went to Paul Mitchell. I paid too much for oh. my, that education was $25,000. Girl, you can take that $25,000 and kiss it away. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to have somebody sit in your chair. You're going to mess them up. And then what and really bad reputation. That's it. And we live on an Island. Like Alana and I grew up in Hawaii. We're from Hawaii. I still hear she's getting ready to PTS out to Japan, which I'm so excited. Cause I'm going to go visit her. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But Jealous. We have a finite amount of people on the island, you know, even though I don't feel like we have a scarcity mindset, for some we do. There are those girls who are like, I paid like $5,000 or $1,500 for my certificate. That should be enough. But then they're producing bad lashes. And because lashes are so new to the beauty industry as a modality, you know, hair has been there. Hair will never go away. Everybody's going to want to cut a color, highlights, whatever they need. Whereas, I see you looking at your mimpin, but. Yes, girl. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) He's laying down now. He's good. He looks pretty solid for a few minutes. (laughs) I just feel like if we encourage more artists to remain and be successful in their art, then lashes will continue to grow as a staple in the industry instead of a passing fad. And I think it's been around long enough about mm, since 2007. So 14 years, you know, going yeah. on 14 years it's now, baby. it's a baby, but it's here to stay. I don't see people giving up their lashes. I, pe- I see people giving up their nails for lashes, you know? Yeah. And so if we can encourage the more su- higher success rate, 
that girls coming into this industry or into lashing as a modality of the beauty industry, the better success they have, the more of a staple our modality will be. It'll be just as talked about as hair, as nail, as nails, you know, as makeup. And I really hope to see each of our states being licensed, you mm-hmm. know, make, making the lash artists get licensed and test for their craft. Like I took, an aesthetics, agree. I took an aesthetics licensing here in Hawaii, but I had to answer questions about nails, hair and makeup and skin, mm-hmm. you know, of course, skin. So, but there were no lash questions. I didn't have anything lash related. Um, in Georgia, I did a master cosmetology license that was hair, skin, nails, uh, facials, but lashes, like they just, nothing on lashes, Hmm. not a thing. And I think, and that was 13 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. We've just uh, interviewed Layla from Maryland and she says, you still don't need any kind of professional license to be a lash artist there. You do not. And I just moved from there back in November and the work there is pretty scary. It is. There are some great lash artists. Like the best lash artist I met in Maryland was actually self-trained and her work is phenomenal. Wow. And you know, I started started as a self-trained chick, I'm going to say, but it wasn't until my apprenticeship in a, a studio I worked at that was a year long, really, where till I, I was able to refine everything, mm-hmm. you know, every little piece of the process. So, so tell me about how you managed 2020 pandemic. Like, what was it like for you? Um, my COVID pandemic is a little bit different um, than most people's. My husband was deployed for a year. He left from the November prior to COVID happening, and then he didn't get back till the following November. But my wake up and go to every morning was going to do lashes and seeing my clients because my husband and I, we don't have kids. We have three dogs. Um, So my clients and my passion in lashing is what actually got me going. And when I had to shut down my business, I did not have anything like I was locked in my home for three and a half months with three dogs, and it really, really starts to take a toll on you. Um, I do remember watching a lot of social media, and a lot of lash influencers and lash artists were like, hey, be innovative, you know, start game planning, um, come up with new ideas for your business, start to come up with ideas to expand your business when we come back. Yes, I was in such a rough spot. I was like, F no, I don't feel like doing any of this. Right. And, you know, and some, and everybody was like, yeah, keep in contact with your clients, find out how they're doing. I didn't even want to do that. Like I had no motivation. I just, I, I didn't care. Like that's what, you know, locked in kind of does to you. Yeah. And um, the isolation caused depression. It did. I, I will admit I hit a pretty rough spot. And like I had family, my family was always checking in on me, but Maryland was so like, hey, if you travel outside the state, we're going to like legit, they were pulling people over going from Maryland into Delaware because they didn't want you traveling. So my family's down in Georgia. There was no way for me to go see them, but they kept in contact. But my 
frustration came with me not wanting to better my business um, or even talk to my clients. My clients were texting me and they were calling me to see how I was doing. I wasn't the one calling and checking in on them. Like my clients were there for me. They helped get me through it. But um, yeah, I had to, uh, at the time it wasn't possible for me to think of anything else but myself. So one day I got a delivery in a pretty blue box, again, Borboletta, and Kimber had sent me a huge package of the um, cool down gel pads. And I started bawling because there was finally someone in the lash industry telling me it was okay to take care of myself and not think about anything else. So that really got me. I just got goosebumps. Right, girl. I was like, I was trying to like prepare myself earlier. I'm like, I have to tell the story and not cry because it really just, it still touches my heart. And that's all it took. Just someone from the lash industry saying, Hey, you are important. Take care of yourself. Don't worry about anything else. And I mean, that's, that's what I had to do. I had to focus on me. I couldn't focus on my business at the time. Like I I had to take care of myself. If you didn't make it through your business, wasn't going to make it through. Exactly. Exactly. And I so badly, like I have that guilt of like wanting to be that person that was innovative during COVID, but I, I, it wasn't possible for me. I I had to come first for me. Good for you. I have to say that that really touches my heart because whether you're going through a quarantine or just something personal in your personal life and you you do need to be, again, that bravery comes through and in, in being able to say it's okay to not succumb to the pressures of what the industry is saying or what your clients are saying that you do need to step away and take care of you like Alana was saying, because then you can't take care of anybody else. So I really right. appreciate you being vulnerable enough to share that story. Thanks. It's hard, but I knew that I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the only one that felt that way. And I want lash artists to know that if you felt that way, it's totally okay. It's okay to feel how you feel about something and just pick up and keep going. (laughs) Absolutely. And anyone in the beauty industry at all. Absolutely. You know, it was, it was hard for me too. Um, you know, having to cancel all my clients and then on the flip end, you know, I had, we shut down from March until June and I had had people pre-booked in June but I still had to pre-book everybody from those 12 weeks that had missed. So I went and, you know, try to get everyone in. It's stressful. It's hectic. You, there's one of you and you have a hundred clients. It is exhausting and mentally, physically, emotionally. And yeah, girl, I came out of there 20 pounds heavier. So (laughs) I don't know what happened. Same. It's all right. We still love you. (laughs) No, you're just a little gorgeous. more of me to love, that's all. Such a babe. <laughs> but it's true. I think that we, and that's kind of what intrigues me about talking to other artists, you know, locally and across the world is that everybody's story of their why and how they get to a specific place in their, in their journey and how they got through the pandemic is fascinating and gives me strength to persevere right building through building clientele through getting the taxes done through building a business you know it's not easy and it's 
hard, especially when you're in an industry where it's just you and the client. You can't come to the client with your hardships, but knowing, hearing other stories of success really is uplifting to me. Tell me how you and Alana, you might want to join in in this. How do you guys rebuild your clientele every time you PCS out? Lots and lots and lots of hustle, girl. It's like you have to pick up and hit the ground running. Um, I do lots of research as far as the area that I want to open up in, the clientele that I want, because I do want a higher-end clientele. They're going to be in for every fill when they need it. Um, I'm looking for those long-term clients. So one thing that I do when I move or when I build is I went to other high-end hair salons and I looked at their work um, and saw if they have gorgeous client or gorgeous, uh, if they have clients that have gorgeous hair and they do awesome work, I want their clientele. So I would go into those salons, um, introduce myself, say, hey, I'm Christy Lee. Um, I just opened up a lash studio right down the road and I would have my phone ready to show them pictures and whatnot and just start conversations. And I would offer to do the stylist lashes for half price. So the price of a fill for me, um, cause they're my walking advertisement and just, it kind of just hits off from there for me. That that's how I do it. Cause they tell all their clients, cause their clients, it's, they're your advertisement. That's super yep. smart. It is. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's very similar to, um, you know, for me in the hair industry, um, with every move, I find it gets easier and easier. This is going to be our sixth move over two countries in 15 years. And it is easier every time, easier. It is. I am. And now that I have learned how Instagram works, I, January one or the entire month of December, I made all new, um, stories for high, like highlights for my stories. Um, my price list, my policies, you name it. I have it all ready to go. In January 1st, we're PCSing. We're supposed to PCS. If you're not military, that means permanent change of station or like duty station where you're moving next, where your husband's going to be stationed next or your spouse. Um, so our permanent change of station is was supposed to be in April. Now we're not leaving until the end of May. But for April, for January 1, I said, okay, we're 90 days out from moving. I changed my Instagram from Hawaii hairstylist to Iwakuni Japan hairstylist. I started hashtagging Japan hairstylist, Japan hair, Japan, Paul Mitchell, Japan, Brazilian blowout, uh, Brazilian bond builder, Japan, everything that I use specific style tech foils, uh, Framar big daddy brushes. And then I put Japan at the end of it. So if anyone and anywhere on the face of the earth searches Brazilian blowout, Japan, they're going to find me. And there's only like a hundred posts and now like Uh 70 of them are mine. (laughs) So, you know, so getting that hustle, I'm not even there. And I have people waiting on me. When are you coming? I need you hurry. There's no good hairstylist. So just getting your name out there and getting your, it is, it's a hustle. Here's who I am. Here's how long I've been doing it. Here's what I can do. Here's who trained me. Come see me. And Then from there, when they sit in your chair, you have to deliver. You can't promise all this and not deliver. 
So like Christy said, she knew she wasn't a top hairstylist. She was middle and she accepted that. And girl, I respect that. I respect yes. it more that than you know. That was not good. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, but if you can, Hey, listen, I've been doing hair for five years. I'm growing my clientele. I'm growing my skill. I would love to see you not, Hey, my name's Alana Downey. And I just took Ryan Whedon's 12 week balayage course. And I've been on stage with Guy Tang and Taipei. And I, now nah, you don't tell anybody all that if you can't hold up to that. So when they sit in your chair, you do the beautiful work because I don't discount but I sit them in my chair. I treat them like a queen. And when I flip that chair around and they see themselves for the first time and they are in love with their hair, one, step one, you pre-book. I would love to see you again. This balayage is going to be great for about eight weeks. Between eight and 12 weeks is when you're going to start thinking about calling to see me. I'll see you at 16 weeks. So do we want to book that now? Or do you want to call me? The second thing is, is you have to, have to, have to tell the person to their face while they are with you, I would love to take care of all of your friends and family for you. I will take yes. care of them for you. Send them to me. That I do to every client and they're going to tell every single one of their friends, every family member. I, I probably won't have people with family in Japan, but send your friends to me. I'll take care of them for you. Don't worry. It works yes every to time. all of that. Yes. Works every time. I'm, like so glad, I'm so glad to hear your guys hustle stories because I think that's super valuable for anyone listening who has maybe a lacking clientele and would like to see their clientele grow, but just don't really know either in hair or lashes, how really to do that. Or maybe you're too afraid and, you know, this will give them confidence. So thank you for sharing your stories. Um, Christy Lee, I have two more questions for you, um, but I think I might only have time for one. So with that okay. being said, I really would love to hear just a hilarious or inspiring story from all of your experience. What is something that has stuck out to you? Um. Oh my gosh, I don't even know. I think the story that I had picked out was actually a story where I got like scammed. But the one that I have that sticks out that I'm probably going to hell for, um, <laughs> we're saying, <laughs> which I could, because it was crappy that it happened. I got scammed by a client. Um, oh. But so I would say long story short, but I, when I first moved into my own space and had my LLC, I was still trying to build my clientele. So I started to look for ways to get new clients in creative ways. And there was a school silent auction um, with an elementary school. And I decided to do like a free full set um, for the school because I figured, hey, that's going to bring in some good money for the kids. And I did that. And after the auction, well, they posted the auction online, which I did not know anything about. So anybody could kind of go and look and see and click and all that. So I had a lady contact me one day and she said, hey, I'm so-and-so. I won the gift certificate at, you know, the elementary school silent auction. And I was like, oh, great. Let's go ahead and get you books. She said, well, she said, I actually want to give it to my mom. My mom, she's not doing very well right now. She's in the hospital. So I don't have time to go pick up the gift certificate. So I said, okay, no problem. Whenever your mom feels better, let's get her booked and bring her in. Um, 
So her mom comes in with her husband, um, the client and her husband come in and they were a much older couple. And I remember the husband saying, I don't know why you're doing this. Granted, the lady looks very fragile. Um, and her response, I will never forget was, I want to look good in my casket. I'm not kidding. Um, so, so she and I got to know each other. Um, she, she was a very sick lady. She did have cancer. Um, so I did her lashes. We went over like all the medication that she was on could possibly have retention issues. So she did have a little bit of retention issues. So she came back in like a week later. I filled her back out. I did a couple of services on her. I never charged her full price because she was having to come in so often. Um, and then after four services with her, I had another girl contact me and she said, hey, my name is so-and-so. I got the gift certificate at the elementary school auction and I wanna go ahead and book my appointment. I'm going on vacation. I wanna get my lashes done. And I, this was through a text and I sent her a text back. I said, I do not mean to come off rude at all. I said, but can you please send me a picture first of the gift certificate? She sent me a picture. Oh. And yeah, so I booked her appointment. I sent the daughter that contacted me first about her mother. I sent her a message. I said, hey, I said, I don't know what's going on. I said, but I just had someone message me about the gift certificate. They have a picture of it. Can you fill me in? Cause I'm kind of lost right now. Like I was confused on why any of that would happen to start with. Um, yeah. He did not message me back. Um, the mom did. And the mom gave, sent me a pretty rough e or text message wanting to know why I messaged her daughter because she'd been in bed with like a migraine for three or four days. And, you know, to text her first thing in the morning, like, how could I do that? And wow. I told her in what was going on. Um, so there was back and forth. And I told her, I was like, I, I said, I just, I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. I was like, I, I'm, I'm cutting ties, you know, I, that's really all I can say. Good for um, you. Yeah. Um, about two weeks later, the mom messaged me and she said, Hey, she's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I don't know what my daughter was thinking. Um, she's like, I am more than willing to pay for all the services that you did for me. And I, I was, I was kind of dumbfounded. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was still for better lack of words. I was still kind of butthurt over the situation. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I, the, the silent auction did not work for me. Um, the client that did have the gift certificate, she, uh, like I said, came in once for vacation lashes and that was it. I didn't gain anything out of it. Wow. So, did the mother ever say what transpired with the daughter? Did she find out how, she, or did she say how she found out the truth? Nope. She just sent me a text straight up apologizing. And I was That's like, oh, I felt so bad. At least you got an apology. I mean, you lost a yeah, lot of me. But I felt so bad for the mom. Like, I don't know. Bad daughter, bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, you don't need to go to your grave with that. This woman had to have pretty lashes for that grave. And she got to go to the grave with this daughter acting a fool on the, uh-uh. I know. It, I don't know. But lesson learned. And you know, I, I, I contacted the, um, the elementary school. I said, Hey, this is what happened. I said, for future reference, if y'all could just let like the, the people who give services, 
for this auction. I was like, if you can just let them know the name of the person that won, like that would have just solved everything from the get-go. But she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let me give you your money back. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not stealing back from the kids. No, you keep that. Like just you know, make notes and next year we'll be here before I want to you know. know how that woman, the daughter, knew that you were doing a silent auction. I wonder if she was an employee at the school well, or- they posted the silent auction online. Oh. So you could see everything that was getting auctioned off. Oh my God. And when the mother showed up for the auction, she didn't have the physical gift card, but by, she was the only one who contacted you. How would you not, why would you not right. believe her? Yeah. So she said that, um, she said that her mom was just so sick in between, you know, her full-time job and taking care of her kids and taking care of mom at the hospital. There was just no time to go get the gift certificate from the school. So everything was valid to me. Like of I was course. like, okay, yeah. That is so conniving. Like it's, yeah. To prey on someone's generosity, someone's business, to contract this whole scheme and web of why you can't be there and just mm-hmm. so nasty. I, I'm so really surprised. But yet it's for her mom, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like she was getting it for herself, which is probably how she justified her actions. Right. And I mean, I can understand just going out of your way and trying to make mom happy and just, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry you had to go through that. Sad. I had lessons. Hey, we all go through stuff and we all learn lessons and we just keep going and make different decisions. That's all we can do. (laughs) You know what? So that being said, last question, what is your advice for someone entering 2021 after whatever they've experienced in 2020, what would you say is the best piece of advice that you could give another artist? Um, My biggest thing is to take every challenge given. Don't be scared to take it. Do not be scared of failure. Progress is a bunch of failures. Um, so take all of that head on, go with it, learn, keep climbing. Um, I mean, cause honestly challenges, they, they show us what we're made of. (laughs) They do. They show us what we're made of and, you know, and if one challenge, we don't have what it takes again, you're not always going to succeed. Take those failures, learn from them and pick it back up. And one thing that I, have decided just this year to do because I was, oh gosh, I'll be 34 next month. So I was 31 when I found my career, my dream job. And it's taken me two years since then to figure out this little piece of information, but take every opportunity given. Don't pass it up because you're scared. Just take what you know, whether it's a lot or a little bit and just go with it. That's honestly, just keep doing the challenges and keep take opportunities that you get because if not they're just they're wasted and because of that this year I have gotten quite a bit of opportunities that I usually would be too stuck in my shell to actually go and do so last cast podcast is how I met Chelsea like I took that opportunity and I ran with it oh yeah same here yeah and since then I'm now um in an organization for St. Louis um, of uh, influential women of St. Louis. So, and, you know, I've auditioned to be speakers at Lash conferences and just, I, 
I mean, it's a far stretch and a big reach for some of these, but I'm going to do them anyway. And then I'm going to take the critiques and I'm going to go with them. And there's always next year I can do it again. That's Let wonderful. it build you higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so happy for you. That's like one of my goals too, is to speak at a lash conference, you know, and you, you have to girl. Have- yeah, we'll do it together, hun. <laughs> we can do it in the parking lot. We can just get people together in the parking lot outside. <laughs> hey, I, we talked about that on a podcast. Ryan Whedon, the CEO and founder of Masters of Balayage, he says, if you want to teach, if you want to share your message and spread the love, be your own, excuse my language, but his words, not mine, fucking stage. Be your own fucking stage. Oh, yes. I love that. Preach it, Ryan. <laughs> I love it. But if there is anything positive that comes out of social media, it is that you have your own stage. You have Amen. a place to share your views that nobody can come on and be like, well, why are you saying that? You know? And if they do, it's like block, delete. So, so honestly, <laughs> right? That is one of the best things I've heard pieces of advice I've heard, because I think there are a lot of people struggling myself included, you know, with whatever it is in their life. But, but if they can turn the mindset of their failures into opportunities, then they will succeed because then they won't give up. It's very easy to give up. So I really, I love it. Yes. I appreciate you coming on Christy Lee. You're the best. Thank you so much for having me. This has just been like, Ooh, I'm starstruck. It's crazy. I love it. (laughs) You're so silly. Me and Alana, we're starstruck with the people we get to meet and talk to. And it's always enriching, I think, for our lives. And I'm so blessed to have Alana as my co-host because she brings so much to the table with her many years of experience in this industry and just her wisdom. So I, I love and appreciate both of you. I want you to keep doing what you're doing, Christy. And and I know you'll find success in Illinois or wherever the military decides to put you next. <laughs> and I know this won't be the last time I talk. Chances to you. are I'll have to do all this over again in a few years, but that's oh, yeah. okay. I love it. That is okay. It's great. I'm so glad to hear that. And we will talk to you again. So thank you so much for coming on. Mm-hmm. We really Thanks appreciate for having it. Me. Absolutely. And anybody who would like to be on our podcast or any of you listening who have a story that you know just has to be shared, please email us at prettypillowtalkpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us at prettypillowtalkpodcast on Instagram. And because, you know, we truly believe that you should be free to spill the tea. So we're excited to hear from you. (laughs) We love you, pretty posse. We'll see you next time. Love you guys. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you.